Today, I'm switching to Paralympic sport and a sport which really doesn't have an Olympic counterpart. Hello there, it's Mark Shardlow here, 10 minutes of daily chat on the Olympics and Paralympics with the athletes who are hoping to be in Tokyo this summer. Today, an insight into the world of a boccia player. Boccia, if you haven't seen it, is a sort of bowls and is played by athletes who have, in most cases, got the highest need for support amongst Paralympics GB. Claire Taggart is 26. Claire made her Games debut in five years ago and comes from Larne in Northern Ireland. Claire, congratulations. How are you feeling today? Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling very excited. I'm buzzing. Um, and uh, it's very nice to be able to celebrate um, what I've known for nearly a month now um, and have it out in the open. Um, and yes, just to, to celebrate with my friends and family um, is, is brilliant. Uh, you mentioned your family there and your family, of course, are a key part of, of your success. So um, I live independently, but my mum and dad are my primary carers um, and I can't do anything um, without my parents. Um, and they've been an amazing support and just complete advocates for everything that I do, um, uh, whether that be setting my small business up or or doing my degree um, or botcha. Um, so my dad, my dad is my sports assistant. He travels globally with me. My mom, uh, the majority of the time, whenever we're away, looks after my copious animal uh, and the dog. Um, so yeah, that it's it's a support network, but it's also everything. My parents are, are completely involved in everything with regards to botcha, and I couldn't do what I do without them. So who can travel with you? So dad predominantly travels with me, um, especially to long haul um, destinations and competitions. Mum will do the occasional camp uh, just to swap it up or um, things like that. But it's predominantly my dad and typically always my parents. Rarely do I have one of my carers um, come with me because I think the dynamic is just different um, with having a family member there. I feel a lot more relaxed. And your dad will be able to come to Tokyo despite, you know, the complications. Yeah, so we're, we all get a sports assistant because we have uh, high support needs and need help with personal care and, and transference. So um, we all each get our own individual um, sports assistant to provide one-to-one -one care. Um, and I think that's what's unique about Boccia is that I don't think that's the case in many other sports. Um, and we're really grateful that we're able to have the ability to have that one-to-one -one care with, with um, a family member or carer. Um, and it's also really good to share the experience with someone like my dad. Um, and obviously he came to Rio with me. So uh, the experience is, it's it's one you want to share with someone who you know really well. Um, and yeah, I'm just grateful to be able to have my dad there. And what's the relationship like on competition days? You know, we're probably more used to seeing like golfers and their caddies so can your dad give you advice coaching tips what what sort of role does he play yeah so it's a it's a weird transition but it, it's one that kind of happens autonomously uh that we don't really talk about is that when i'm at training camps and competitions my dad kind of slips into the role of he's my sports assistant he's there to provide a listening ear or um if i have any questions and stuff like that but He's the one who manages the schedule and um, where I need to be. Um, if I have anything I need to be doing or 
um, he packs the bag in the morning and things like that. Um, so it's it's really it's more of a professional role. He he he's still my dad, but it it's just it slips into okay. This is the job I need to do um, to make sure that Claire me is in the best position possible to compete. Um, and yeah, it's not something we've ever really talked about, but it just kind of happens. And. What effect has COVID had on your your life, both, you know, the sporting life and general life? Yeah, so when COVID came around, um, it was it was a change for us because obviously having a severe disability um, means that I would then be in the shielding category. And when that shielding letter arrives, it's not it's a bit of a shock, but it's also a chance to to, to reset and think about what what actually really matters. Um, so we as a family decided that at that point that I would have um, my parents doing all my primary care. Um, I, I chose to have no carers throughout the pandemic um, because I felt the risk was too great. Um, and I think the, the, the benefit that we've had is that we've really come together as a family. Um, we're spending a lot more time together than we would have done pre-pandemic because of my hectic travel schedule. Um, but we're spending more time together as a three. Um, I'm also getting to really enjoy spending time with my dog, which you don't really realise until I travel so much that I would see, well, I would be with my dog um, maybe two two weeks of every month. But the pandemic has kind of made me realise that I actually, one of the priorities for me now during the day is that I need to get out. I need to go for a walk with the dog. Whereas previously, um, I would have just taken her around the block and not, thought about it but now I need to go and I need to be outside at least once a day um so yeah the, the pandemic although it has been devastating um I've found benefits and eventual benefits from it um regardless of the stress and um the the, the devastating nature it has been no I understand that completely um you mentioned your dog what's your dog called uh ironically Rio so uh Rio uh the border collie uh, I picked before I went to Rio the Paralympics um and I picked her up two weeks after the Paralympics and I chose not to even go to the homecoming celebrations because I had just got a puppy and the name was symbolic of your first Paralympics was it yeah completely uh, I had her named before we went um so yeah what are the names of your tortoises okay uh so i have six pet tortoises i have gary lightbody he was my first tortoise mr noddy um fiero and alphaba from the um Wick, from wicked the musical um i have biffy clyro and i have rosie uh, the red foot so yes they're great names. And what else? Do you have bearded dragons that I read? We have two bearded dragons, um, Bella and Luna. Um, Bella has was born with half a face, um, so she has a disability, and Luna has a neurological disability, similar to me, um, and, uh, yeah, struggles to get around. But they're happy, they're healthy, um, and, yeah, they're just living their best lives. Um <laughs> As much as I can provide for them. Is that your mum's job when you're away then, to look after all of them? Yes, it's the mothership, as I call her. Uh, the, the Her job is to 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 care for my darling animals um, while, she's, or while I'm travelling with Dad. Um, another thing you mentioned earlier on, alongside, you know, your fantastic achievements in the sport of botcher, is that you've started your own business? Yes, 
so it was I had started my small business um before um the pandemic but the pandemic really gave me an opportunity to 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 dwell on my business and try and invest some time and um energy into it and, and I'm really grateful for that it's going really well um I make notebooks stationary because I'm a self-confessed stationary addict um and I don't think there's anything wrong with that um my house is coming down with pens notebooks notepads things like that so my parents really um not pushed me but said you need to do something with this it's it's clearly one of your passions so why not start a small business um and so yeah I did Fantastic. Well, hopefully you get some Japanese influences because I've been fortunate to be there before and the stationery there is immaculate. I know. I like that is like the one sad thing about not getting out of the village is that I know the Japanese, they, they love stationery um, and that, yeah, I'm not going to get any of that. So. Ah, you'd have been in heaven there. So um, what about uh, the, the tournament, the games? They're going to be very different to Rio, that's for sure. How are you feeling about them? Excited. Um, I think there's always, uh, before Rio, I had uh, a, an element of apprehension apprehension and nerves. But I think the, the overwhelming feeling is excitement um, and just ready to get out there and do what we can do um, and compete. I think we're all just so ready for a bit of competition. Um, in our squad, we play um, each other all the time um, and have done since we started having training camps again um, in March this year. Um, and it's just going to be nice to play against other people from our classifications and go from there. And I think what I was saying previously was that I, I'm taking this as like a clean slate. Um, no one in the world in our sport has competed since 2019. So um, I'm just taking it that everyone's going in fresh unexpected things might happen um, and that that I'm just going to take it as the opportunity that it, it presents itself and go from there. Great attitude. Hope you get those opportunities and take them. Thank you. That's Claire Taggart, one of the nine strong Paralympics GB botcher squad travelling to Tokyo shortly, less than 50 days to go to the start of the Paralympics. Great to hear from Claire and amongst her teammates, uh, Paralympic and world champion David Smith, who will be there once again hoping to add to his uh, tally of four medals from three games. But let's hope that Claire comes back with a medal to show off to her dog Rio and the various animals in her menagerie. All the best to Claire and her parents as they prepare for the last few weeks of training. That's it from the pod for today. Thanks very much for listening. Back tomorrow with another team announcement for the Paralympics and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.